y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you've had a great week. This past week, we've celebrated Thanksgiving, and I hope you were able to perhaps get some rest, perhaps spend some time with family and friends, and then even taking some time to reflect on your many blessings, the things that you can be thankful for, and I hope that you had the time to do that. We have had a very relaxed week. We've been at home. We haven't done too much. We did do a little Black Friday shopping, which was not too terrible, and got some of our Christmas gifts purchased. So we had a great week. I thank you for tuning back in and joining me. And my puppy is sitting here with me, and she is now climbing on my Bible. So I need to get her... I need to get her situated before I start. Okay, so we are picking back up in the book of Proverbs. Um, Over the past several weeks, we have looked at the first 14 chapters, and we're going to pick up today with chapter 15. Now, to be honest, I've had a little bit of trouble trying to find perhaps what is... Is there an overarching theme, something that just jumps off the page at me? And it's very subtle, but I think that I have found something that we can all kind of hang on to and get out of these next five chapters. But before we jump in to the scripture, I want us to think about maybe even perhaps this past week, you've done some type of Thanksgiving dish that you prepared, family, favorite family recipe, something like that that you are going to take to your Thanksgiving gathering. Now, what do we need to make up a dish? In that recipe, there is what a list of ingredients that we need. And I have one of my cookbooks right here with me. It's one that my sister put together. So it's got handwritten recipes in it that are different family recipes. It also has clippings from magazines or different cookbooks that I've seen, copied pages, just all kind from all different sources. All of these have in mind is that there's a list of ingredients and then there's a list of instructions, right? To, so that we can get that end result that we should be getting if we follow the recipe step by step. Now, yes, there are some recipes where you can add a little here, a little there, and it still all come out the same. But the one thing that each recipe has is either one or maybe two main ingredients. And if you don't put those in there, you're probably not going to get the dish that you're hoping for. So in if we think about You know, I've just opened up my cookbook to my grandmother's macaroni and cheese recipe. Now, if I had were to fix this dish and leave out the macaroni and the cheese, what do I have? I have nothing. All right. I have some salt and pepper, maybe, and maybe some milk or something like that. But I do not have mac and cheese. If I think about a cake, if I flip over a couple pages to the dessert section and I look at 
this, there's a cake recipe here that my sister made for my niece's first birthday. What is a main ingredient of a cake? Flour, sugar, maybe some other secondary ingredients. But if I don't have flour and if I don't have sugar, I really am not going to have a cake when it comes to the end of following all those instructions. You can think about several different things. Hot chocolate. If I don't have chocolate, I just have hot. What do I have? Hot water, maybe. Hot milk. A salad. If you don't have lettuce, that's the essence, the main ingredients of a salad. What do you have? Just a bunch of toppings mixed together in a bowl. So it's important to have the main ingredient when we're trying to make a recipe. Now, I hope that I haven't been too overly elementary patronizing. That wasn't my goal. My goal is that there is in these five chapters, when we look at Proverbs 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, there is a main ingredient if we want to come out at the end with wisdom. And it's very subtle. But without this main ingredient, I don't think that we're going to get wisdom to begin with. I don't think we're going to stay wise. And I don't think we're going to get even more wisdom or even get any wiser. So if we look at at chapter 15, just right off the bat in verse three, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. What you're going to see in these next five chapters, as I go through and name off some verses and perhaps even read some, you're going to see that the Lord is the main ingredient. The Lord. And in my Bible, Lord is all caps. L-O-R-D is all caps. That means this is Yahweh. This is the God who is, who was, and who will be. This is the one who is infinite in nature. He has no beginning and he has no end. And yet, this huge beyond our imagination being, wants to have an active role in my day-to-day life and in your day-to-day life. And he wants us to ask him to come and be that main ingredient so that our recipe for wisdom will come out like it is supposed to. In chapter five alone, there is these verses that have the Lord. The Lord is doing all of these different things. In chapter 3, it says that the eyes of the Lord, like I read, are everywhere. They're watching. God is actively watching. And he's not just watching over the good people or the ones that do what they're supposed to do. He's watching over the wicked, too. And then in verse 8, we see that the Lord detests things. He's, uh, he's not pleased with some of the actions. And then he is pleased with things. Verse 9, again, says that the Lord detests the ways of the wicked but he loves and he finds pleasure in the ones that pursue righteousness. Verse 11 talks about how the Lord is active, how he is even, he has authority over death and destruction. And if he has authority over that, he has authority over the hearts of men. Verse 16 says that the Lord is one worthy of our fear, worthy of our reverence. Verses 25 and 26 talks about how the Lord actively tears down 
pride in a man's heart and in his house and how he keeps, he is pleased by what the pure do. Verse 29 talks about how the Lord is near to those. He hears the prayers of the righteous. Verse 33, the Lord teaches. The fear of the Lord teaches us wisdom. I want to flip over really quickly to Psalm 146.9 with this in mind. Psalm 146.9 says, The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Another way of showing that God is active. He's not just sitting up in heaven and on his proverbial throne. He's really getting down into the muck and the mire and the uncomfortableness and the awkwardness and the yucky yuckiness, if I could say that, of our everyday life, of, our, of the things that we think, the words that we say that we don't mean to say, and the thoughts that we would not want anyone else to open up our brains and see what we're thinking. God's in that. He's in that every day with us. And we turn the page to chapter 16. Again, again, seven, seven things as the Lord has described what he is doing in those who are searching for, looking for wisdom. The Lord replies. The Lord just doesn't see or watch over us or hear us. He actually wants to speak back to us and reply to us. The Lord weighs out what we do in verse 3. Excuse me, in verse 2. The Lord weighs out our motives, what's in our heart. He looks at that. He also works in our lives. He works out everything according to His will. Again, we see that He detests pride in one's heart. He determines a person's steps. That's in verse 9. In verse 11, it talks about he makes, he makes things. He makes the honest scales and balances. The way that we look at something and weigh it out. He makes that. He's, he's in the making business. And he decides things. He helps us to decide things. If we can look to him. It's not just a happenstance when something happens or what kind of decision we make. We just kind of see how the cookie crumbles. No, we can go to him and make every decision and it be something that comes from him. Because we know he replies to us. Verse 1 told us that. So in verse 33, at the end of the chapter, we can make decisions based on how the Lord replies to us. In chapter 17, we see a couple more instances of how, what the Lord is doing. Verse 3 tells us that the Lord tests our hearts. And verse 15 tells us that more things that the Lord detests, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent. That's like calling somebody who did wrong what they did was right and calling somebody that did something right what they did was wrong. He doesn't like that. That's not wise. Throughout chapter 17, I'm not going to touch on it, but throughout chapter 17, we see set examples of how we can have wise relationships versus what foolish relationships look like. So take some time and look through that. 
verses 2, 6, 9, 17, and 27 are good examples of wise relationships. In verses 4, 11, 13, 14, 18 and 19, 21, 23, and 25 are good descriptions of what foolish relationships look like. So God is active. He wants us to see him working in our lives so that we can gain wisdom. Now, if we turn the page to chapter 18, just some key verses that I want to read out to us and see again that the Lord is active. But these are some verses that really stood out to me. It's very, I was like, huh, that makes sense. Some very practical wisdom here for us. And I'm going to do this for chapters 18 and 19 as we wrap up. Chapter 18, verse 2, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. I know we've all known somebody like that. Let's don't be that person. Chapter 4, excuse me, verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Let that sink in. Verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Verse 13, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Chapter uh, verse 21, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruits. 22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And verse 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So again, we see that the Lord is active and he gives us these things that we can really think about. Again, our words mean something. We need to be careful of how we say things. What we say is at the right time. All right, I'm going to turn my page to chapter 19. Key verses here. Verse 8, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who cherishes understanding prospers. Verse 14, and here we see the Lord working. Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Verse 17, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. Verse 21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. So you see, the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of this entire universe, he is the main ingredient. He must be in the recipe, so to say, for me, for you to be wise, to stay wise, and to get wiser. I don't understand how all that works. I don't think it's in my brain to fully comprehend that. But I know that it's what needs to be there and present in my life. God needs to be the main ingredient. 
because from that, there's going to be wisdom and wisdom is going to help us in our relationships, in our decision making, in the way that we steer our life and the way that we say things. But it's got to start with God. And how do we get God in our lives? How do we get the presence of the Holy Spirit right there beside us each and every day? It's by accepting his son, Jesus, as Savior. That's the only way that we're going to have the presence of God, Yahweh, have an active role in our lives so that we can get wisdom. I hope that you will today, if you haven't, that you would see your need for Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And you would ask him to come into your heart and then help and be the main ingredient in your life. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for my friends who are listening. God, I thank you for these Proverbs. God, I thank you that you have an active role in our lives, that you want to. You're not burdened by us in any way. You love us. You created us. You want to have an active role in our lives. And I pray that we would have you be the main ingredient, not the secondary ingredient, not the little dash of salt at the end of the recipe, but the main thing you have to be for our lives to, quote, succeed, for our relationships to be what they should be, for our attitude and our hearts, our emotions to all be on level ground. I ask that you come into the hearts of those who are listening who may have never asked you to come and be a part of their lives. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would convict them of their sin, would meet them there where they are, and would change their hearts forever. Help us, God, to be ever cognizant of your presence in our lives and help us to keep you being the main ingredient and that we can have a recipe of wisdom for our lives. God, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that you will uh, tune back in next week as we look at the next five chapters, chapters 20 through 24 of Proverbs. Go ahead and take a look at those in this coming week, and I'll meet you right back here then. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.